0: The PWC Network,
1: what the world is watching and listening to.
2: Hello, this is Homeboy 88 of the Homeboy 88 Podcast. If you like hip hop, video games, pro wrestling conspiracy theories and comedy come check out the homeboy 88 podcast constantly in the top apple podcast charts check out my back catalog featuring some of the funniest wrestling shows ever created the homeboy 88 podcast search for it and listen today
3: Oh,
4: hello, Lord Lord. Hello? Yes, that's right, infidels.
1: Take on the House of Black and the Elite later on tonight. This is quite a star-studded list of invitees, I would think. I'm not sure they were invited. Well, when you're the World Heavyweight Champion, as MJF is, it brings attention. Everyone wants that beautiful World Heavyweight title, and that's what you should want. Sammy Guevara, of course. Picking up a big victory this past Friday night at Rampage. And like you said, he's going to be an on-main event tonight. What a night this is. I mean, guys, think about this. On one side, Kenny Omega. On another side, Chris Jericho in that three-way trio. And then on the other side, the House of Black. That's going to be awesome, on-main event for sure. But what is unfolding here, guys? Seriously. Of course, I'm not trying to overlook the Bucks are obviously members of the J.S., but Jericho and Omega in Winnipeg?
4: Wow. Oh, man.
1: Now what? Darby Allen! It would appear that Darby Allen has something to say. Oh, it seems like (laughs) all four men, I believe, have a microphone in hand, so they definitely all have something to say. These fans are going bananas. Yeah, they're going nuts
5: for sure. We're just kicking this thing off.
4: cut it! Cut it! Cut it! Cut it!
5: Cut it! temper, temper. Temper.
3: All
1: three men with the same idea. And yeah, That was stereo. All right, look, that was real cute and all boys, but let's get real here first. Shut,
6: Shut up. up, Max. You know, the last time that you and I wrestled one on one was at Double or Nothing 2020. The very first pandemic pay-per-view, no fans in the crowd. And you and I went back and forth for almost 20 minutes in the Florida heat. Until eventually, you cheated, as you always do, and you won. And after that, our lives went in very different directions because you went on to be handed every opportunity in the book, while I wrestled the rest of the time in Jacksonville on Dark. You've you've never had a match on Dark, have you? Because I know we all have. You've never been on Elevation. You've never even been on Rampage. You just get to walk around here and do whatever the hell you want. And you know, it's crazy to me because there is an entire locker room full of men and women who bust their asses. And they maybe get to get 60 seconds a week on this show. Maybe. But we'll have to sit back there and watch you come out here and take 20 minutes to do the same old hokey bullshit that you've been doing for the past four years. Ah, the truth hurts now, doesn't it? This entire place revolves around you. And the first step in changing that is taking that world title away from you. You guys
7: want to know the truth? This company does revolve around me because I'm like you, you and you, and all those boys in the back. I'm actually a star.
8: And that's oh, why shut the hell up. You shut the hell up before I turn this rebar mitzvah into a recircumcision. Ooh, that would hurt. That's pretty stiff. Not you that. talk too much. You've done that your whole life. You've done that your whole career. You literally tucked your way in the door here in AEW. You kissed ass. You lied, you cheated to get to where you're at. And you know what I had to do to get here? I had to grind on the independents for 10 plus years to get here. I had to work at Whataburger, I had to work at Subway, any odd job, you name it, I did it. And then, and then look at me, you son. got here, when I finally got here I was told I was only supposed to be the inner circles job guy. I was only supposed to be the bump guy for Jericho. But I overcame every obstacle that they put on me and I became champion three times over. You see Max, I'm not like you. I never had the machine pushing me and I never needed it. I had myself. I got me here and I'll get me there. So, whether you like it or not, whether these dumbass Canadians like it or not, Sammy Guevara is going to be a world champion because I'm the best ever and you know it.
7: Sammy, that was, that was really cute. You kind of just did my catchphrase there. Look, we all appreciate the fact you were able to take all of your time out of your very busy schedule of getting into locker room brawls with everyone in the back to come
9: out here and do that. that. speech. Enough! It's my turn. Hold your applause till after I'm done, please. In 2013, I was going to film school and I turned in this movie and my teacher told me, Darby, you're gonna have to change everything about this film. The school does not accept this kind of movie. And I looked at her and I said, I'd rather just drop out of school than change a single thing. So that day I dropped out of school. Which was a blessing in disguise because it gave me the balls to do something I never thought was possible And that is become a pro wrestler It was my first day at pro wrestling school at the Buddy Wayne Academy And before I walked into the doors I stopped and I said to myself You're either going to make it as Darby Allen, Or you're going to fail as Darby Allen. But you ain't going to change a single thing so fast forward all of these years later, I'm in Tony Khan's office, and I go up to Tony Khan and I say, maybe I am the worst businessman in this whole entire place because there will never be a bidding war for Darby Allen because AEW gives me something no amount of money in the world can afford me, and that is the opportunity to just let me be me. The biggest problem, listen to this, the biggest problem I have with this whole entire company is you got grown ass wrestlers in the back going on Twitter.
3: I'm not happy, I'm upset. I want out of my contract if I don't get what I want. And that includes
9: you, our world champion with his all uh, bidding war of 2024, crap. AEW means a whole lot more to me than it ever did you. That is exactly why I should be world champion. And you know what I'm gonna do if you don't give me a championship match, right? You know what I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm just gonna go complain about it on Twitter. (laughs) No, seriously, I'm gonna beat your face in with my skateboard, and I'm gonna give you a headlock takeover.
4: Do you, you understand me? I've heard it!
10: I've heard dude. it! Holy smokes. You look like shit.
3: You see, the dude, effects dude. of that 60-minute Iron Man match still, on, back the, on. Back on. Okay. still on the background. Still on the face come. of MJ. We got
7: Jungle Jabroni, we got Dangerous Darbs, the incel skateboard and mime, and we've got Sammy in about seven months. I'm going to propose to a new girl, Guevara.
11: Whoa. What
1: about Steph?
8: That's funny coming from you because didn't your fiancé leave you? Oh, so we want to make jokes in my rebar
7: mitzvah. Y'all got MJF Meshuggah up in this bitch. Okay, okay. Hey, 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 hey. Jungle had Christian. Sammy has Jericho. Darby has Sting. You know who MJF has? Nobody. Because unlike you, three talentless hacks, I never needed to be enrolled into AEW Daddy Daycare. I have been ready since day one. Day one! And that is precisely why, yes, it makes me sick to my stomach. We are the pillars. We are the pillars. And I'm not afraid to admit that we are the past, the present, and the future of professional wrestling. However, I'm the only pillar who can actually keep this place up. And that's a fact. I have beaten every single one of you in singles competition. And you think you deserve a shot at my world championship? Nah. Nah. See, you guys don't even deserve to sniff the triple B. So here's what's gonna happen. You three are gonna leave my party, because none of you were invited. And then, I'm going to eat my cake, because I deserve it. Thank you.
4: Screw you.
1: The four of these men like each other. I can tell you that right now. Oh no! Oh! oh my God! That's horrible! What oh, next? Oh! oh my God! It's a screen ball. stuck in the cake. That hat, that beautiful fluffy hat. Barry oh. Jones. Oh, did you say beautiful fluffy hat? I think I did. Winner back, ten of you deserve it, That's and this it will be a, a rebar match. Rebar match for Max will never suit for how Embarrassing for MJF. Homeboy Shivani,
7: and now the PWC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition, is on the air for the most exciting two hours of professional wrestling podcasting in the world. We're going to put butts in seats and ears to the streets, and now, here are
0: your hosts, Jimmy T and Christopher Renz.
2: To the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish Friday Edition. I'm your host, Jimmy T, and my co-host is back. He's back fresh from Winnipeg. He actually attended Wednesday Night Dynamite. It is Christopher Ams. Welcome back to the skirmish. And I'm sorry I didn't do the intro, man. I actually forgot, so please introduce yourself.
11: Okay, I will introduce myself, Jimmy. I am Christopher Ams. That's A-M-B-S, like lambs with no L or bullshit first thing in the morning. Yes, I was there in Winnipeg for uh, Rampage and the Dynamite and Dark even. I I didn't even (laughs) know the dark was going on until I was wandering into the arena. But also, um, you know, uh, I am part Irish and as today is St. Patrick's Day, I thought that I would sing to everybody to start. Even though my voice is basically gone, I'm going to sing to everybody a little Irish song. So here I go. If you're Irish, come into the parlor, there's a welcome there for you. If your name is Timothy or Pat, so long as you come from Ireland, there's that if you come from the mountains of Mourne or Killarney's lake so blue, we'll send you a song and we'll make a fuss. Whoever you are, you're one of us. If you're Irish, this is the place for you.
2: <laughs> beautiful and happy St Patrick's day everyone just quietly I forgot because you know we're a day ahead over here down under so technically it was St Paddy's day yesterday for me but yes Sam happy St Paddy's day to everyone around the world that's celebrating it and I'm sure uh, everyone's getting pretty drunk shall I say around the world I mean did you have a drink up for fucking uh St. Paddy's day I know it's still early for you Chris but are you planning on having a drink
11: Mm-mm, no i never drink uh even oh, on saint patrick's boy. day even though i'm irish i just it's i just avoid alcohol man it's its never been my thing
2: me too man uh i mean when i was younger i used to drink alcohol man like you know what i mean like just for the fuck of it i hated it but uh once i turned fucking, uh oh well look when i was going to the clubs when i turned 18 and shit i was drinking here and there but i fucking hated it and then I haven't had a drink, a proper drink, for years. i have a beer here and there, though, man, because it is hot down here. Sometimes nothing beats a fucking good beer, man. You know what I'm saying? But, but in saying that, it is fucking ice cold over there where you are, right?
11: Yeah, bro. Actually, it's starting to warm up here, finally. Thank God, uh, being that it's March. But <clears throat> it is still cold. Today, I still had to wear my my big winter stuff to go outside and work on the ice so
2: oh very nice very nice on the ice you know what man i'd love to do that just quietly like i said i love winter bro i'm sick of heat I, you know fuck, being down here and you'd think that we're close to the arctic right to the south pole you think
11: yeah, well i mean you're just the Yo, ice starts
2: melting over there
11: yeah, well, you're just outing yourself, Jimmy, as, as someone who doesn't really exist in a country that doesn't really exist and is a paid <laughs> oh, oh. actor. So.
2: Well, I mean, did you hear fucking... Uh, look at this. I mean, look, look, this is AI, Vincent Man. Oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute.
4: Let me, let, let me read that. Yeah, Now isn't it to the PWC network? And if you're not,
2: you're fired. Yeah, <laughs> fired. Voice. All right, let's stop that again for a second. But look... There's just Vincent like
4: Kennedy McMahon, chairman of the board of World Wrestling Entertainment. And you're now listening to the PWC Network. And if you're not,
11: you're yeah, fired.
3: Voice.ai. <laughs> Honestly,
11: that sounds more like Stevie with a cold. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he's trying. He's trying, Vinnie Mac. He's definitely trying. I mean, it's stupid, man. You have to pay to get it done properly, but it is what it is. But, Chris... How's your week been, man? I mean, other than being a dynamite, I mean, how have you been?
11: Uh, it's been crazy, man. So you you know that I've been trying to pass this fucking physical test forever to yeah. try to get on with the border here in Canada. And um, the last time I went was like a month was like a month ago and I failed by I, I actually passed within the within the time frame, but my foot touched a mat, so I fucking failed by like two seconds like as a result. Yeah. I was I was pissed but then uh, this week was like uh, so Tuesday no so yeah Tuesday I went up to Winnipeg Wednesday we did wrestling Um, and then Thursday I had this test so I went to do this test and I've been sick for a week like you can hear my voice still isn't back yet Um, and I've been sick for a week pretty bad flu not COVID thank God again uh, I've already had it like four fucking times is why I'm not, I'm not scared of COVID. I just don't want to fucking have it anymore. Um, but so I was pretty sick and, uh, yeah, I got through the timed portion and I thought I heard the lady say the time was like over. So I was already sitting down going like, fuck man, I'm fucking pissed off. I had to fucking come back here again. I failed because I fucking, cause I'm sick. You know what I mean? Like thinking to myself, like, fuck, I'm so tired of having to come back and do this. But then she was like, Chris, 4.37 with a five-second penalty, you passed. I literally had to get up off my fucking, off the ground, get up off off my ass to do the bag carry portion of it. But yeah, <laughs> so I finally passed this fucking test. I'm pretty stoked for this. Well, man,
2: congratulations once again, man. And, and you've earned it, dude. And thank God you finally got there and... Uh... I guess you're looking forward to the future man no doubt right
11: looking forward to the future man yeah looking forward to keeping all the moose from crossing over the border <laughs> illegally i guess uh i, I, we're, I wonder we're what you're gonna come across well i think people i think people sometimes try to smuggle you know syrup that's not maple syrup and we have to stop ah, there's a... things like that yeah yeah the good old
2: Caesar. is that is that is that a thing in canada man
11: it was for a long time yeah
2: yeah people are drinking that shit man i mean at the end of the day have that shit when you've got a fucking cold (laughs) you know what i'm saying i mean come on i don't know how people fucking have that as a drug man it's fucking that's some weird
11: fucking icp shit i swear to god
2: (laughs) (laughs) well actually it kind of started from dj Screw and all their man down south in houston
11: yeah well fuck them too those guys are weird
2: well, DJ Screw's dead now, so how I, Peter? DJ Screw, has been dead for no, quite a
11: few no years. fuck you, DJ I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> if anybody, if a fan of DJ Screw, rest in
2: peace. <laughs> I mean, look at his music, dude. I mean, I don't mind Screw, but you know that Screw fucking type of shit where it's all slowed down and fucking, it sounds like... Woo, woo, woo. You know, like basically, you just put the pitch down and fucking, there's DJ Screw styles, bro.
11: Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I don't like it. But still, rest <laughs> in peace. a <laughs> yeah.
2: character, dude. Well, let's get into, uh, I guess, AEW Dynamite. But um, I'm just actually before we do get into that, I want to ask you some uh, about some news tidbits, dude.
11: Have you heard about Bray Wyatt? I have heard a little bit. Yeah, it's. Um, I haven't. <clears throat> I haven't heard anything that's convincing yet. I've heard people say, well, you know, back to well, my sources, which doesn't mean fucking anything in the world of professional wrestling Twitter. So I don't know what's going on with Bray Wyatt, but yeah, it seems like maybe he's not going to be around for mania. I don't know.
2: And yeah, Facebook user says chopped and screwed. Exactly. That's exactly the style, man. Chopped and screwed. Slow that shit right down and there's your chopped and screwed shit. Um, But hey man, I was a fan of his kind of back in the day, but yeah, I mean, when you really think about it, it's just, it's weird, man. But yeah, back to Bray Wyatt, Um, it's funny because, uh, you know, our very own Jeff Lipman has started calling me the Oracle of Delphi because, funny enough, about about two weeks ago, I suggested this, that this could be the possibility before anyone did. And no, it wasn't sources, I just know the future, man. All right, (laughs) as simple as that. And I suggested this exact situation because we all know that Bray Wyatt once he gets a bit too creative per se he starts uh, I don't want to say fucking up but like he he changes his mind a lot like one second he'll be like oh yeah I want this idea and this is according to Triple H and then next thing you know oh no I don't like that I want to go with this and um, <laughs> wait wait a minute Facebook he says I'm friends with the janitor at um, MSG and he said Triple H was on phone screaming at Bray wow wow well there's a really thank you who who is who who are you facebook user because your name's not coming up but thanks for the actual loaddown because that could be an exclusive right here on the pwc network i mean apparently if 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 that report is any if there's any truth to that report i mean shit. that that's pretty telling chris
11: yeah i mean i i don't know i don't know who this person is or if they really do have a friend who works at h and uh M S G medicine Square Garden, uh, right. Yeah. Um, but I mean dude, I, I don't know, like maybe I mean and I listen, this is professional wrestling. Your boss screaming at you is kind of just par for the fucking course really in professional wrestling, isn't it? I mean how many times did we hear about you know uh eric bischoff yelling and screaming at somebody in the backstage or vince mcmahon yelling and screaming at somebody backstage it never means what you think it means it's just wrestling is one of these businesses where people get fucking heated and there's a lot of there's a lot of people trying to swing their dicks around in general in professional wrestling um and we know that bray has been difficult for the people in wwe to work with i'm not going to say he's difficult to work with I don't know anyone outside of the wwe who's ever worked with them but the wwe is famously difficult to work with so i don't know if it's bray so much as it is the wwe but apparently they clash
2: hmm. apparently it's true i mean chupa h has alluded to that on an interview that he had with uh Hawani where he actually said that so uh i don't know i actually believe that that report man that facebook user said so who knows? We'll see, and uh, it's interesting, no doubt about it. Um, I think that's really uh, the main thing I wanted to get your opinion on. I'm sure there was other shit that I probably got into yesterday because I ended up doing the next level podcast again. I was filling in for um, for Big Ray, who was sick, also apparently, allegedly, but it was also his birthday, so I just want to point out, happy birthday to Big Ray and Andes. Happy I- birthday, I hope you Ray. <laughs> happy, birthday, happy birthday ray also
11: happy uh, happy heavenly birthday to your dad today oh uh, yes if you happen to be listening uh later or anything like that just know that we love you buddy and uh absolutely you know, we hope you have a good day today too buddy.
2: and it's not gay all right ray crying out loud <laughs> every time we uh, you say you love him and shit like he's like that's so gay but then he'll tell you he loves you so <laughs> it, no it can't be gay no homo over here man uh anyway, Chris, let's get into some dynamite and we do come from the Canada Life Center, I think it is, uh in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Ooh. Canada. And um I mean shit, we start off with uh what was it the re Bav Mitzvah? With uh MJF. <laughs> I mean shit. Yes, man. He was over man, it seemed like with the Winnipeg crowd uh i mean he looked he looked at like seriously he looked ridiculous did you catch his actual uh b- bab mitzvah back in the day chris did you see any pictures
11: yeah i've seen pictures of it and stuff How it looked, it looked funny was fucking that?
2: wild it did man and you know it's funny i mean it didn't look like there was any other kids there and uh he had a lot of chicks there i'm not gonna lie
11: well you know if if you were a kid and and mjf was mjfing would you want to be his friend i I don't think (laughs) i'd want to be that guy's friend
2: from you are my sunshine to this it blows my mind bro
11: yeah he seems like a bit of a dick uh i will say in terms of the crowd being hot for mjf uh, Justin Roberts came out before the show had started to sort of get the crowd hype and everything right. and He was asking he was going through a few different people and asking You know, do you do you like you know, are you here to see this guy? or Do you like do you like this guy? Uh, and he said like how many MJF fans are there in the building and I think he was expecting to hear booze Because I mean most of the arena like lit up for MJF and he went really shit. This this only really happens in Long Island
2: Wow. That's interesting, man. I
11: mean I, I mean he deserves he deserves all the
2: support he gets, but like at the same time, he confuses me as also a character and we'll get into that in a in a moment. But since it was uh MJF's uh bav Mitzvah or Reup, whatever you he, he was calling it, I don't think you've heard this. I don't know if our listeners have heard this. It only goes for a minute and a half, but I think it will pop you because it's too good. It involves Max Caster, it involves MJF, but I think you're going to want to hear this. So check this out, tell me what you think, man, alright, while it's uploading. Because it's fucking hilarious, bro. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Favorite song,
8: Max? Is it your favorite song? Yeah. Yeah, what song is it? Oh, You Are My Sunshine. You Are My Sunshine. (laughs) Would you like to do a little rendition of it now? Okay. Alright. Take it away, Max.
10: You are my son, my only son, John. Yeah. Should cruise the family house. Family. Yo, Sha Cruise in the house, baby. Oh, my Twitter, sunshine, baby. Sunshine. We gotta pay tribute to sunshine. the one and only, the oh, big homie MJM. Yo, yo, what up, y'all Thanks for so the $20. Sunshine. Yo, he's the nicest my dude I know, yo. Check sunshine. it out, yo. 20, yo. Take it away, Max. MJF stay inspiring the people And on camera he was trying to be the evil guy But now we can see it's all see-through Says that he's better but he treats me like an equal. At the soup kitchen he was feeding all the homeless In the locker room bringing donuts for the workers At the food court he be tipping in the jars And when he drives home he emitting no carbons He got a hybrid mindful of environment Life is so inspiring high-fiving the firemen When we have a show he be helping with the firing never shy when he's smiling he be shining it giving up one time for my sunshine mjf so cool never unkind yo behind closed doors he's a fun guy spending all summertime catching all the butterflies
2: oh yeah, yeah. Really- anyway that was uh, uh, like a brave. preview of it it's good man it's old too it's not new man because i don't know if anyone knows this but mjf and max caster have a have a long history from back on the independence as well right and that's how that song came around. It wasn't even an AEW thing. This before AEW, you know what I mean? So, it's kind of funny, man. And they kind of do nod to it sometimes on, on Dynamite and, and Rampage and whatnot, just on AEW television. Uh, but it's funny, man. In a way, I hope they actually play up on it a little more in the future. But who knows? We'll see. But, uh, yeah, like back to the Bav Mitzvah, the re-up. I mean, we had the four pillars in the ring, dude. And... Um, I don't care what anyone says but jumping jack perry fucking to me he's not one of the pillars man
11: these are not main event guys um maybe I, darby
2: I, allen you can say possibly
11: other than that I don't, man i don't think darby's a main event guy either to be honest with you really I, don't, I, I like Darby Allen. Like I like of all of these little sh- of all of these little <laughs> short skinny fuckers who exist in AEW and there's a whole fucking roster full of them. Darby Allen's probably my my most favorite of the skinny little, you know, fuckers because the way that he works is I'm a skinny little fucker and I have to throw <laughs> everything at, into my all offense right. in order to hurt anybody and I sell for 90% of my matches. I wish he would lose more because that would be a little more realistic too. But I actually like Darby in comparison with most of the other skinny, short guys in AEW. But honestly, like watching these four get in the ring and talk to each other was like one of these things is not like the other. Like MJF is an actual pillar of a company. The rest of these guys, they're not guys that you can actually build a company around. Meanwhile, Hobbs is fucking around with oh, DJ Quick or whatever the fuck that guy's. No, against. no, no.
2: DJ Quick. <laughs> Please, don't disgrace DJ Quick, bro. He's my like my okay, favorite DJ dude. DJ Fat. Uh, DJ Fat.
11: Anyway. Uh, DQ. Well, Dairy, Dairy Queen.
2: What the? Oh, Q, Q. QT. Fucking. Uh, Judy? Someone yeah, or Yeah, something like that. Something like that. He won the mock title of the week for me last week. But anyway. Anyway. Um, no, but his the shit online
11: was-, was so fucking ridiculous, bro. Grow up, fucking bro. no, sell that shit, or you, or you look like a fucking fan,
2: dude. Even he was arguing with Jeff bro. online too, bro, on Twitter. I kid you like, not, stop man. It was that. going back and forth. Kitty <laughs> Marshall. Again, you're in the running for winning for winning the marked out of the Week two weeks running, man. I mean, seriously, oh. you're like this close, but dude, I mean, Pillars. You know what pissed me off about this whole segment? They were all playing the victim. Every single one of them, bro. Every single one of them. They are like, where, where? What? You know, I fucking was risking during the pandemic era and fucking I was doing this and that, but but I couldn't get a title shot. Like, fucking shut up all of yous, man. I mean, even MJF has been playing
11: victim lately, right? I'm not talking about particularly
2: yeah. from Wednesday, but even the week before him and the playing week before victim that. Is,
11: him playing victim makes sense. He's a heel. He should be doing the poor me. But, Why are you... <laughs> Why are, you, why are you being mean to me? But you know, he's the champion, kind of
2: dude.
11: Why is it a yeah. need
2: for him to be playing the victim when he's the champ?
11: Well, playing the victim, like, you can do it in a way that's that's effective and you can do it in a way that's not effective. Like, the way that he's been doing it where it's like, I'm Jewish and you only hate me because I'm Jewish yeah. is, like, is like, dude, like, that, that's not even good heel heat. Like, no. good heel heat is... You know i'm the best in the world and you don't even respect me for it you know you fans are fickle and like whatever like picture bret hart via 1997 like you know before the screw job that was great heel work that what that was also poor me like why are you picking on me that's different
2: though that's that's kind of different because he was doing that while in the states and not doing that while anywhere else other than the States, right? So,
11: yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, he could do it a lot more effectively than he is. But I mean, I, you know, being the poor me thing isn't bad as a heel. You just gotta, he's gotta adjust it a little bit. Um, I did, I did think it was pretty funny though. At one point, he, uh, I don't know if this was, I don't, I don't know if this was, um, if this came through on TV, but while they were doing the Hava Nagila, he goes, yeah, clap yeah. your hands, you anti-Semitics. And like no, everybody, in Winnipeg is, everybody in Winnipeg was clapping. Like it was. I heard was that. Along.
2: And I laughed at the fact that uh, everyone was clapping in the crowd, which I, I popped for. Like I totally started laughing at that. But I didn't hear actual MJF say that, man. Funny enough. Yeah
11: clap along you anti-semitics everybody's wow, clapping already
2: it's like fuck you max <laughs> <laughs> i mean for a jewish guy right i'll give him this right because a lot of the jewish people that i've come across right and no offense to anyone i'm not trying to offend anyone but a lot of them kind of uh they don't want to come out with it straight away like that they're jewish right and it's like why are you embarrassed for man fucking be proud man and so no we are proud but blah, blah, blah. i'm not going to judge you <laughs> I'll stop thinking I'm going to judge you for being Jewish. You know what I mean? So I agree. Like... I
11: think I, I think him doing that is great. I just wish he would do it in more appropriate arenas. That's true. You know too. I mean? And I don't mean arenas like not the Canada Life Center. I mean like <laughs> in more appropriate places. Like when he does that kind of stuff online, it's like, bro, no, like this isn't this isn't the format for that. Or when he does it on TV, where he's bringing up the whole like. You know, oh, I was picked on because I was Jewish in Connecticut. No, you weren't. Shut the fuck up. You're from Connecticut. Everybody's Jewish in Connecticut.
2: Well, technically, he's from Long Island, per se, so...
11: You know what I mean. East Coast, US.
2: Right, right. Absolutely. Uh, Facebook says, Remember a year ago when I was alone thinking his Jew boy promo was a bad idea? This is just a a continuation of that bad idea, which will greenlight anti-Semitic crowd reaction I mean yeah it will of course I
11: think I think that that would be possible in WWE arenas but I really honestly don't think that's gonna happen in AEW uh, crowds I I don't think that AEW crowds are gonna turn on him like in an anti-Semitic way um at least again like I was just at the show it's a Winnipeg crowd Winnipeg's always been pretty like Winnipeg is a respectful city like we'll put it that way um while they are loud, right, and they do, like, they'll boo loudly, they'll cheer loudly. Um, if you're there for a hockey game, they make up some pretty funny chants. But <laughs> yeah. there's, nothing, there's nothing, like, inherent in a place like Winnipeg that's going to, like, allow for anti-Semitism anyway. So you might get a little bit more of that in some of the more southern cities. But I kind of get the feeling like the AEW crowd is a certain, like, demographic of the population they're the kind of people who aren't going to turn anti-semitic just just my own personal opinion i could be wrong but that's what i kind of feel about the aw crowd in general
2: i feel you man that makes sense i mean at the end of the day the look i'm not gonna lie i was telling you this off the air but that that winnipeg crowd is something else man their heads i mean (laughs) i'm not saying look man i don't have the best head myself but that's not the point i just couldn't help but notice like that i don't know man like i said uh, that was something else to this winnipeg crowd man (laughs) it's different to your montreal fan base it's different to your toronto fan base heck it's different to your west coast fan base like vancouver and stuff i don't know man winnipeg it's a bit you know it's something else like i said
11: yeah i will say that my girlfriend was definitely probably the prettiest person in the arena (laughs) but i i i was gonna say that anyway so oh really well there you go (laughs) so i'm not i'm not a reliable narrator on this but dude
2: i'm telling you i mean those oh man the women a lot of the women there were real old too man i noticed
11: yeah well see that's the thing about western canada right you'll probably see that when they because they've announced that they're doing shows in uh saskatoon and regina too um also edmonton and calgary i think and
2: um um, forbidden door 2 is in toronto as well
11: right but okay so western canada you'll notice a lot of older people in the crowd because wrestling really is part of the cultural heritage in western canada like i said my my auntie brenda like literally like i remember her telling me stories that she was there when bret hart had his first match in saskatoon (laughs) like his first wrestling match was in saskatoon so you know what i mean like that and that's the kind of person who would go to a wrestling show in western canada is my auntie who's almost 70 years old you know right right that
2: makes sense because i saw a lot of older women i mean like easily late 60s 70s and and the younger chicks from what i saw i don't know man there was a lot of there was a lot of uh beef In that crowd i'm i'm not gonna lie but hey like i said i'm pretty beefy myself so i can give shit to people like that but um (laughs) i can get away with it but anyway i mean shit look the segment was all right it was cool i just didn't like how everyone was playing victim essentially uh sammy guevara like this alienates the fan base a little bit because you're with jazz but then you're talking like you're a victim for being part of jazz do, do you know what I mean? And then later on, you know, in the main event, it's all good. It's all gravy. There's nothing wrong. You know what I mean? I, I just don't understand promos like that. And then you're all good with it later
11: on i felt like his i felt like of the four of them his promo was clear like was clear far and away the weakest part of this of this segment Hmm. um and i don't think jack perry did himself a lot of favors either but still i thought it was better than sammy's um i really i really didn't mind uh darby allen's also i was there for full gear when darby allen and MJF in pink trunks, by the way, Uh, basically had the match of the night at that pay-per-view. And it was a technical match where it was pin attempt, pin attempt, pin attempt, pin attempt. Like it was, you know what I mean? And then the win with the headlock takeover. I like that Darby Allen made mention of that again with the headlock takeover comment. And I thought that Darby Allen did a decent job on the mic of making himself feel like he's above a lot of the problems that are going on in the back which made him seem like a bit of a bigger deal
2: A <clears throat> uh, facebook user also asks does darby have asthma i don't know what makes you say that man i mean i'm not sure Don't i don't know his medical history i haven't heard anything about it chris do you know anything about that
11: uh no i know that uh, a lot of people with asthma have difficulty working out a lot but i i think that darby's just a skinny fuck. that's that's, that's <laughs> Has his he lost thing is
2: size even more lately i mean we hadn't seen him in a while but he looked kind of small i mean everyone looks small other than mjf to be fair
11: yeah these are these are four you know of these four pillars only one of them looks like they're capable of supporting any weight
2: <laughs> okay facebook says he was breathing hard between each sentence uh, i wasn't i didn't actually notice that i'm not sure i mean maybe he does man I mean, shit. Look at him. <laughs> like Yuda. Does Yuda actually have um, asthma? If he does, that explains his high-pitched voice. I mean, you know, it's like a balloon. I'm not sure if he
11: has... I'm not sure if, if Yuda has asthma or Asperger's, but he's got something.
2: <laughs> he's, he's got Asperger's, bro. <laughs> well, anyway. um, So, what do you think of the overall segment anyway, Chris, before we move on? I mean, I would have said... I would have gone word for word about this promo but there's no point because we pretty no, much no. gave the load down
11: that's not what we do on this show Um <clears throat> listen I um I was intrigued by uh who was going to come out because we knew somebody was going to come out basically right we knew that there was going to be whoever MJF's next opponent was was going to be the, the one interrupting him Um I was intrigued by that at when it was Jungle Boy Kai. let's see And then Sammy hit, and I went, oh, they're going to do the pillars. And then I did not like Sammy. Like I said, on the mic, he's not very good. And then I thought that Darby Allen did a decent job, but I still, they didn't really circle it enough to where I know what's going on next. So I'm still a little confused about what's next for MJF. But I didn't hate this live in the audience, at least right no no
2: look for what it was, i'm sure if you were there it would have been great now like i said we're critiquing shit i mean if we just saw it for what it was sure you could say this was a great first up sort of uh promo spot right but still that's not that's our job is to critique this shit so but todd brantley says hey yo what's exactly. up todd what's, what's cracker lacking man um but anyway yeah like look it was good for what it was yes the four pillars but I just feel like these guys aren't really the four pillars. MJF destroyed Samuel Guevara with the, you know, dumps you a girl. And, you know, seven months later, you you pretty much get another chick. And, uh, oh, well, and also Todd says, so let's talk about Darby Allen talking about unhappy talent in the AEW locker room in public. Not cool in my book, your thoughts. Did he say that? I didn't, When did he say that, yeah. actually, Todd? Because I must have missed it.
11: No, it was part of Darby Allen's promo. Um, oh, was it? Oh, well, fuck, I didn't even notice. Yeah. Well, and specifically, oh no, I did notice he
2: said, it. He did say that
11: specifically. He said, and I like this line where he said, "You know what I'm going to do if you don't give me a title shot, Max? I'm going to complain about it on Twitter." Oh and yeah, yeah, I did. I and, remember that. Right, that popped me a little bit. Um, I don't mind.
2: Look, man, they they seem to be self aware, right? But they continue to do this shit anyway on online. I'll, look, I'll give credit to Darby Allen because he doesn't do that shit, right? But everyone else fucking does.
11: Yeah, well, and I I think here's my problem with it, right? Like I don't mind, I don't mind peeking, I don't mind peeling the curtain back a little bit, um, but also. The fact is that a lot of the guys who are complaining backstage are right. Miro has a right to say, hey, what the fuck are you doing with me? Because what the fuck are you doing with Miro? Um, You know, Andrade had a right to say, I don't know what the fucking point is of of what I'm doing here. Because nobody seemed to understand what the fucking point was of what he was doing there. So I don't mind the idea of someone pulling the curtain back a little bit. But... I don't think I really liked how this was executed either. My guess is my guess is knowing a little bit about Darby Allin, if you asked him about it, he would probably say he might have went a little too far with the promo.
2: Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, look, you shouldn't acknowledge it because all it does is make them look stupid, man, to be fair, right? I mean, honestly,
11: But it did help elevate Darby a little bit, too, because it made him seem like, look, everybody else is going to complain on fucking Twitter and I won't. which And he doesn't. Which, I mean, listen, we say it all the time. The best thing you can do if you're a big star is don't fucking sell that shit from the crowd, right? Like, don't sell that shit on Twitter. Don't sell that shit when somebody says, you're lame on Twitter. Just go, yeah, okay, I'm lame. Right. Anyway, moving
2: on. <laughs> it's true, man. I mean, take a page out of Darby Allen's fucking book and don't do that shit. Especially you, QT Martial, you, you fool. Just quietly. But anyway, um
11: uh yeah. Todd also yeah. says, Todd Miro makes and a Johnny. list here that's pretty right. yeah, it's it's compelling, yeah. Like we, the people we didn't mention, Hirsch, Lance geez. Archer, Scorpio Sky, Layla Hirsch, Serena Deeb, all of oh, those people Serena are Deeb, man. all of those people are excellent talents too. Like,
2: I mean, seriously, Miro. Look, I understand there is a lot of politics involved with Miro because apparently he's apparently now he's rejected a lot of uh storylines and whatnot that's been thrown at him, so I don't know what's up with that. Andrade was injured, um, and I, as far as I know, he's still kind of injured, so I don't know what's happening there. Lance Archer he just pops up and then just disappears. So we see Lance Archer. Out of all these guys, right? Lance Archer is the most consistent. Like we won't see him for like three, four, five Which weeks. saying
11: something because he's right he, because they, they're not booking him consistently. And I mean, honestly, 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 to me, like there are three people on that list that are real superstars: uh, Miro, Scorpio Sky, and Serena Deeb. Everybody else is good. Like, don't get me wrong. I I would. If I, was, if I was in charge of a wrestling company, I would want to hire every single one of these people on this list, okay? But for me, the three of them who are real stars, people who you can actually make people on TV want to see, Miro, Scorpio, Deeb, those are three people who you absolutely need to get if they're available and you're running a wrestling company, and AEW is just doing nothing with them, which is shocking and ridiculous
2: i will say for me it would be miro archer and deep scorpio sky like yeah he's good don't get me wrong absolutely good i mean you can even make an argument for andrade because i mean technically if you want to look at it like on paper in many ways you can argue he could possibly be the biggest name out of all of them i mean going by his career right i mean so but miro is is the number one guy He's just riding, dude. I don't even know if he's in shape right now. I'm sure he is. Scorpio Sky has gone MIA. I, I think he was... Uh, there was a sighting of him in Impact Wrestling, I think. And just like Todd said, Frankie Kazarian left AEW to go back to Impact Wrestling. That's saying something. That's true. I mean, he came out and said it himself, dude. They didn't have anything for him to do. and he, Instead of like just sitting there and catering, he'd rather fucking do something. You know what I mean? So... It is what it is. AEW, they've got a plethora of talent and they, don't, they really don't know how to utilize it. Or there's real politics involved here, man. Something's up that we don't know of. I feel like the morale in that locker room is pretty low when you look at it.
11: I I feel like they're going through something right now, particularly where I think after CM Punk left, they're trying to like, and we we said that the pay-per-view they're really pushing the idea of the original talent are going over. Like the original talent are going to be our, our superstars, et cetera. But again, when those four guys, your pillars are those four guys, I don't like the way your company's structured, man. I, I don't, I don't see those guys as being pillars of a company. MJF, yes, like a hundred times, yes. MJF is one of those guys that you can build around. But Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, even Darby Allen, to me, Darby Allen is like. Darby, Darby Allen is a mid card. Like here's here's what Darby Allen is. Darby Allen is a mid card mankind. I can see him winning the TNT Championship every once in a while for like a week or so, like two weeks or whatever, and then dropping the belt again. But Darby Allen should, like if we're talking about logic, he should lose more than he wins.
2: Yeah, sometimes he he does have like a losing streak, and then he just starts winning again, and then he disappears, and then he loses, and then he wins. Even with Darby Allen, let's be fair here, and let's be honest, have they really done him any justice man in some ways sometimes they do sometimes they don't but really they hotshot him with winning or losing and that's not good yeah. for him
11: it's it's not super consistent but right i i don't know i just to me he's not a pillar he's not a company pillar he's a he's a guy who you can have around he's a guy who can certainly be entertaining but that's not a guy you build your company around at least again like for my personal taste. Anyway, let's move on from this from this four way segment and what was next, John?
2: Alright, there's a lot of there's a lot of to talk about with that. But even Todd said let's go way back to Cody. The company hasn't been the same since Cody left for W and that's true too. When you think about it, and then the punk thing just really fucks shit up completely. But let's move on indeed. Um and damn it, I just lost my notes again. But uh what was next? Anyway, Chris, do you remember before I get my notes back up?
11: Um, no. So I'll talk about Cody for a minute while we're, Go while, while you're looking for notes. Um, yeah. Listen, anybody who's a long time listener remembers that when Cody first left, I thought it was a work. Like I, I didn't did. think, that, I didn't think he was really leaving. Cause I thought there's no way they let this guy walk. He's their star. Like he's actually a guy who you can build a fucking company around. And again, like you want to talk about company pillars, as much as he's not my cup of tea, Kenny, Jericho, yeah, absolutely Mox like there are guys there who we're not in love with who you can legitimately build a company around, but those four they guys, the guys though? <clears throat> yeah, but those four guys, come on.
2: No, that's true. That's the real pillars, right? But I understand what they mean by their pillars per se, right? I mean, because they're going by the young guys, the future, you know what I'm saying? But uh, it's ridiculous anyway. You shouldn't even put that out there, you know, and say that because really it kind of alienates everyone else too. But uh, but anyway, like you said, let's move on. Um, but Cody was definitely one of the pillars in my opinion. But get this. We've got your favorite bunch, Chris, in the Dark Order and Hangman Adam Page and Evil... Uno and Stu Grayson, who's back again apparently, has re-signed with AEW again. Okay. Versus the Blackpool Combat Club in Claudio Costagnoli, John Moxley, and fucking Billy um Yeah. I mean, seriously, dude. I, I I I'm not gonna lie. This match was just garbage to me,
11: dude. Um, it was a lot of flipping around and stuff. I will say that. The crowd gave Stu Grayson a really big, um, a really big pop, and I got it. It was like a welcome back. We're happy to see you. We're happy that you're around. You know, he's a good Canadian guy. They, they were in Canada, obviously. We're gonna love our own. Um, but most people kind of sat on their hands after that. Like this crowd, this the crowd was respectful and loud enough but i didn't feel like the crowd really got into this and i didn't feel like we had much to get into R- right down to like we didn't even see claudio go for a sharpshooter which i think would have popped the crowd really big in a canadian city um but yeah i, I just thought that the match was kind of whatever
2: and uh since we are talking taco <laughs> and i'm playing this song once again let's talk about hangman adam page shall we chris what the fuck is all going right. on now i mean is he dark order again dark order is he the elite is he i don't i i, I not even know what the fuck i feel like he's been in this position before i've seen all this before yeah. and we're still seeing this shit
11: why i couldn't tell you jimmy it seems like we're it seems like they want a excuse to be like see long-term storytelling <laughs> um But just repeating yourself two years later without actually circling back to it in a like satisfying way is not storytelling.
2: Are they trying to figure out like how to fucking like end this shit or like they just don't know how to? Like I I, I don't know man. Like this confuses me. I'm over it. All it does is kill Hangman even further dude. Like really. I mean. I don't know what to say anymore about this whole shit. He needs to turn on these fucking dork orders. I mean, seriously, he needs to just kill him. And just forget this shit even happened. But unfortunately, he's done for just because of all this garbage.
11: Yeah. I I really. At this point, I'm not terribly interested in in Adam Page. I honestly... Listen, I've never been a huge CM Punk fan. You've never heard me talk about how CM Punk is fucking... Star Spangled Awesome or anything. I definitely think that he handled the shit with CM Punk in the absolutely wrong way.
3: Right.
11: And I think that everything since then, and a lot of what happened before then, shows a young man who just isn't. I mean, he he doesn't come across as being very intelligent in 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 the sense of the business. He seems to be very prideful, and like he doesn't want to take you know. Why would I take advice? You are know, like, I sold out the Tokyo Dome. Shut the fuck up. You're talking to people, you're talking about people who have either... They're just about Chris Jericho, CM Punk, Jim Ross. Like, if that trifecta is talking to you and trying to give you some advice, shut the fuck up and listen. <laughs>
2: It's fucking true, man. I mean, this guy is just an idiot, man. And, I, and unfortunately, I was a fan of his, man, before AEW. But now I just I'm stunned. Like, just look at him, like, dude, you've got no fucking idea, man. And, and lucky well, for him, neither that does I the have company. With a
11: lot of this guy. The problem that i have with a lot of the guys on the roster period like period a lot of the guys who they even started this company with the problem that i have with them is that they are really good house show competitors <laughs> they're really good spot show wrestlers which means but the problem is that means that they've gotten really good at having one match or doing one thing Or being, you know, stand or standing out from the crowd, like an Orange Cassidy stands out from the crowd. If you see him, if you see a wrestling show, and Orange Cassidy is on that wrestling show two times a year, he stands out, and you're like, oh, I remember this guy. Yeah, he does this cool thing where he puts his hands in his pockets. It's it's awesome. It's great. But when you see it every fucking week, it gets really repetitive to the point where you're like, I don't think I like this guy anymore. And I think that Adam Page. Is sort of the he's sort of the star of the show of all of the house show wrestlers Mm -hmm. that AEW signed,
2: right? And you think he'd be a pillar, technically, right? He's not that old and stuff like that, but uh, Todd says which is weird because he used to be a school teacher, if I am not mistaken. You are one hundred percent correct, actually, Todd. He was a school teacher. Apparently, he was a great teacher too. I mean, all his students loved him, and why wouldn't you? I guess if you are into wrestling, right? But um, so apparently he is smart, Chris he's he's apparently switched on
11: being educated is not the same thing as being smart jimmy there are a lot exactly. of people who are highly educated who are not intelligent in the least and i know people who didn't graduate high school who are absolute geniuses right. so it's true man. just because you have a job where you had to go to school does not mean that you're smart it doesn't mean you're not smart but it's not it's not an equivalent
2: no i agree and uh we'll move on anyway from this anyway cut a long story short uh you know, the Blackpool Combat Club ends up winning over the Dork Order and Hangman Adam Page. Um, did you catch how Jericho has gotten his uh, original street where he grew up on or in named after him?
11: Yeah, I saw that. Chris Jericho Jericho Way. Way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's,
2: that's yeah. pretty cool. So congratulations to Y2J. Oh, he's kind of probably going to kill me for saying that. Or Chris Jericho, shall I say. And his dad was also in the crowd. Congratulations to mom
11: Chris Jericho
2: yeah. Should be the Irving way. <laughs> <laughs> Just quietly. Uh oh, anyway, let's move on because we get some more ridiculousness actually because post match much, uh much. Mark switches his grip for a bulldog choke on Uno tries to make the save but gets overwhelmed and finally the Beaver Boys arrive and Blackpool Combat Club take their leave and then we get Juice Robinson. Getting a promo, asking what people are going to do about Juice coming to the ring and knocking you down and putting your necks into the dirt. Yuck. What the fuck was that?
11: Juice Robinson, everybody. Superstar.
2: I used to like Juice Robinson. I can't stand this version of Juice, man. But anyway, it is what it is. He's not going to... I guarantee you, he's not going to do much in AEW anyway. He's already not doing much. So uh, whatever, man. It is what it is. Uh, we come back from commercial because we get Jade uh, Jade Cargill, who's challenge apparently a challenge, an open challenge, a Canadian open challenge. Even though she already knew who she was facing, and that was apparently an indie wrestling legend, a Canadian indie wrestling legend named uh, Nicole Matthews. Do you, have you heard of her before?
11: Never, and nobody um, in this crowd knew who the fuck that was either.
2: Well, they called her, like, a big deal on the indie scene, actually, Chris. They called her a legend.
11: Maybe, but nobody in this crowd knew who the fuck she was.
2: Well, neither did I. And neither did you, I guess. So, uh, (laughs) whatever. Um, Essentially, this was a a squash match as Cargill pie faces Matthews and then Nicole fires hard shots back, whip across, pump kick staggers her, chicken wing, and then a pinfall via the jaded and jade cargill wins but post-match is where we get the surprise and not that it was really a surprise because the rumors were pretty like hot if you know what i mean with Tyre valkyrie apparently signing with AEW, and i'm not gonna lie man she looked impressive when she was standing face to face with jade cargill man they're about the same height builds are very similar and if anyone's believable to beat jade cargill it could be
11: Tyre valkyrie right uh, listen, man, I th- I have I, I've said this since way back in the day when we still had a show on on the PwC where we covered impact wrestling. Right. I love via Taya Valkyrie like I think she's one of the best women wrestlers in the world. She's believable. Like you said, she's good on the mic. Her character work is actually not bad she's able to you know believably be both a badass or a goof you know kind of depending sure, on man. what she's being asked to she's do she's underrated
2: bro very underappreciated i think
11: very much very much and uh the crowd popped pretty big for her like i said i mean she's not a household name you know anywhere yet but what? the crowd yeah, here if you're definitely a understood here. who she was yeah she, so, oh, so she got a big pop here tonight and i think um my youngest daughter Freya said that Jade was her favorite, and my older daughter Arya said that uh, Taya was her favorite. So Uh-oh. looks like we looks like we get to watch them fight it out over the <laughs> next little bit. But yeah, I don't, I I wouldn't expect Taya Valkyrie to be the one to beat Jade Cargill. But I think she'll give her a good test, and I think I think she'll help her get better in the ring.
2: Well, yeah, she's not going to beat Jade. But then again, uh, is anyone ever going to beat Jade? I mean, at this point, it feels like no one's ever going to, you know, get that TBS Women's Championship, whatever the fuck it is, right? But, I mean, do you think Taylor Valkyrie bosses uh, Morrison around since she's married to him?
11: I don't know. I mean, She'd kick I don't his know. Ass, Would dude. you let her
3: boss Legit. you around?
2: Dude, I'd be shit scared of her. I'm not going to lie because she's got an interesting kind of build. She's not fat, though, by any means. I think it's her tits, bro. I think her tits make her seem a lot bigger than what she is if that makes sense
11: yeah she's got kind of a, and she's and she's i mean she's muscular too like she actually has yeah, no, pretty for big, sure, pretty big arms and shoulders for a woman um she's got a very similar build actually to natalia uh which i mean better much better than Canadian Natalia, bro.
2: maybe but no i think actually she's got a better build than natalia man and she's tall too like for a chick so She's pretty well proportioned. It's just, I don't know if her tits are real or not, but they're fucking massive, bro. And I feel like it makes her look even bigger than what she is, sort of thing. It's weird.
11: Yeah. La Loca.
2: Absolutely. And she's a she's a big deal in Mexico, bro. She reminds me of like yep. Vampiro in some ways, right? Because Vampiro is also a Canadian in
11: big in Mexico. That's
2: true. Absolutely. Both of them are Canadians and both of them are big in Mexico. And she should have been a big deal in WWE. Not that original OG Monet character that they had on her in NXT. Do you remember that? What was her first name? I forgot. It was something Monet.
11: It wasn't good.
2: It wasn't good. She had a little dog with her and shit. Anyway, whatever. Um, Todd says something interesting though. Orange Cassidy will form a team with Juice Robinson called Orange Juice. Mark my words. I tend to agree with him, dude. It's going to happen. I hope so. Oh, God. And he also asks, if Taya doesn't win, then who? That's also a good point. If, if if Valkyrie can't beat Jade Cargill, and I don't expect it to right now, wherever they plan on having that match, like, who? If, I mean, Valkyrie right now is the most believable one on that AEW women's roster, in my opinion, in terms of size and just looks to beat Jade Cargill. But she probably won't.
11: I think if they can figure out... I think if she can get back from injury and if they can figure out whatever the weird fucking politicking is uh, with uh, with Thunder Rosa, I think she might be a, a person oh. who you might want to go to. Talk um, about
2: not being hot anymore, bro. Shit.
11: But I, I think that they probably are going to want... Whoever takes it off of Jade is probably going to have to be an original. At least if they continue on the the way that they're booking right now. Because right now... TK doesn't seem like he wants to give anything to anyone who can even be tangentially perceived as being (laughs) not from AEW. Like, he doesn't want to give anything to those people right now, so.
2: It's a joke, dude. Uh, Facebook, says Frankie Monet. That's right. Thank you. That's exactly what it was. Frankie Monet. What a joke. Absolute joke. Well, Chris, let's move on anyway. I think we've done enough talking about the women here. Um, But uh, post-match, though, Oh, no, forget that. I already just said it because Tyre makes a debut. But anyway, backstage, we got absolute Ricky Starks being interviewed. He says he's glad Juice Robinson is jealous and he deserves the attention. Uh, Juice is part of Bullet Club. That was great in 2015, but maybe he should stand on his own two feet now. He should probably learn better about getting involved in groups. But here he is doing it again. And he tells Juice to bring it anytime, place. And that was that. Boy... I feel like um, I kind of feel like Ricky Starks is getting punished for appearing at the Royal Rumble dude as a matter of fact I heard reports that Ricky Starks is suing the security operators at the Alamo Dome for leaking that picture of him and Cody walking backstage in WWE at the Royal Rumble
11: that's gonna be a hard one to win I
2: don't know if that's true or not but uh, yeah um, Starks and Elite versus Bullet Club of Forbidden Door, no thanks, please, no, why Starks and the Elite, fuck that, I don't want Starks in there, uh, Statlander, well, who knows what's going on with Statlander, apparently she's ready, but she's too injury prone, man, and you can't have her beating Jay Cargill, because you need a whole year of a build for her again, she's already, like, she's on the bottom, like, you, you can't have her do that, man, you just can't, unless you rebuild her up for a good year she
11: she does have the chops for it if she can stay healthy statlander is a really good talent
2: she is but like she's injury prone there's a lot of start stop and starting with her already when she was around she was an she was an alien one minute she was from new york this the next i mean how do you go from zeta fucking reticuli to fucking new york city Explain that shit, bro. I didn't know aliens hang out in New York City. (sighs) Maybe they do. That's how (laughs) I explain it. Ooh. That made my eyes water, bro. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Anyway, let's move on because we go from bad to worse, though, uh, Chris. Because we get a TMZ-style vignette for for QTV, where QT Martial holds court, and we see footage of Waldo's car being broken into by Aaron... Solo, they mock Warlow at length, and QT reveals that they have his passport, so he won't be coming to Canada. And Hobbs welcomes him to Wheel's World. Chris, this is so bad that it was funny to me because they did a good job of capturing that TMZ style of shit. Yep. But what the fuck is this shit? It,
11: this can actually be good if they lean into it, but they have. Like Were they full
2: giving it. shit to everybody?
11: Right. They have to really lean in. Otherwise, it, it's just going to... Doing doing something like this, doing a segment like this in a half-pregnant way is never going to be funny. And it's never going to get anything, a- any kind of a reaction that you want from the crowd. It won't even get the right kind of negative reaction. It'll get x heat. It'll get go-away heat. It'll get mm-hmm. I-don't-even-care-this-is-so-fucking-stupid kind of heat. But if you lean hard enough into it, It can actually be really great wrestle crap, but they've got to lean into it properly. So I don't expect that they will because I don't have any fucking faith in QT Marshall, but we'll see.
2: Well, they did kind of lean in with Wardlow because apparently it was true where his card did get broken into and the TNT, the the original TNT championship that he won did get stolen. So they did a skit in the parody of that shit again. Uh, Actually, I wanted to rewind because now it just remind me something when the four pillars were in the ring were the fans chanting Wardlow or was I hearing things
11: I think it was pillars they were they were chanting pillars, okay because pillars, not pillars. to
2: MJF because I felt like they were doing Wardlow chants at one stage but I could have been hearing things
11: not from where I was sitting alright cool
2: well anyway uh, like you said I agree with you man if they lean into it it could work it could be funny but uh and who's that blonde cheek man she sounded like she had an aussie accent and i don't
11: even know who the fuck she is i don't know i mean that would be the kind of situation you could run vignettes like that you wouldn't even you don't even have to have qt marshall fucking wrestle i mean <clears throat> you should probably get hobbs the fuck away from him. but if oh, you wanted to do dude. just a qt marshall doing a 30 second vignette every week for six weeks two months you could introduce other people from that little weird group that he's got. um, And you could explain... So what are they, reporters? Snitches? Whatever. They can be whatever you want them to be. What (laughs) I'm saying is like consistent vignettes like that, even if it's just 30 seconds every week, is how you get something over. You could get it over.
2: Yeah, look, man, I want to enjoy this. And it was kind of funny, but to me... Hobbs looked like he wasn't in the mood to be there, dude.
11: Straight up. He's miscast there. That's not the right place for Hobbs.
2: It's Will's world, bro. Will's world. How fucking stupid did that sound too? But uh anyway, whatever. Uh let's move on because next we get Jeff Jarrett versus Orange Cassidy for your AEW International, formerly the All Atlantic championship. Orange Cassidy, your champion. I was looking forward to this match and I so wanted Jarrett to win, right? And it was funny. at The match started off okay at first, but then it started draining me, uh, Chris, because I felt like it went way too long, dude.
11: Okay. Um, they did a really good job of keeping everybody interested in the crowd. I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Again, like I can't tell when, I can't tell when things were going, you know, to commercial or not. Um, it felt way overbooked
2: too, dude.
11: It was definitely. I mean, it, it, what the f- are you gonna do with with this match? They had to overbook it. They've everything that Jeff Jarrett's been involved in. They've had to overbook because he's got Sat. What the fuck is that guy's name again?
2: Satnam Singh.
11: guy. Sure, Satnam Singh and <laughs> Ring a ding ding and and
2: <laughs> and ching a ling
11: ling. Chingaling, bling bling and whoever the <laughs> fuck else along with him he's got 18 people there's four different weapons that are involved like it was it was overbooked it was always going to be overbooked I, from a live perspective i'll say this <clears throat> <laughs> from a live perspective i'll say this uh the crowd in winnipeg i think that i think really gave Jeff Jarrett exactly the kind of reaction you want as a pro wrestler which is they booed him out of the building well in a respectful way they but they booed loudly they booed right. him they you know and then when when they went to commercial Jarrett was in the ring by himself he got a standing ovation to the point no where way. he got up to the point where he got up and he gave the crowd one of the one of these you know like he literally got a standing ovation after the match because wow, i think that people recognize hey jeff Jarrett's a good professional wrestler um
2: <laughs> he's I mean, one I'll of say, the best
11: in aew i'll say it straight up he's he's now the guy everybody needs to be fucking listening to in the back um i do like that opinion haver here says it's time for qt marshall to never be on tv ever again ever oh agreed well, what up, i don't need to Absolutely. see it again
2: absolutely and there he is the vet it's time for Cody Marshall to never be on TV ever again it's true but like who said if if they can manage to get this shit working with the TMZ bullshit the QTV whatever you want to call it I'm down for it just for a good laugh I mean this show's already a comedy heck Chris you know what's funny dude I was listening to our very first ever skirmish just to go back on it just to you know listen back on it from the first one to now this is episode 115 bro Can you believe that shit? It's crazy. (laughs) Is that crazy or what? So the very first one, and you know what? You would have thought back then we were AEW Tards, right? But you know, we were just laughing throughout the whole fucking show, bro, because of how ridiculous the Wednesday Night Wars were and how ridiculous AEW was, bro. If you hear, I mean, we were hysterically laughing, bro, which I found so fucking funny. So it was good to just listen back to, like, even back then, we were giving shit to AEW.
11: Oh, we've been funny for a very long time, Jimmy.
2: Oh, but I mean, we're hysterical about AEW. We're just so laughing at this fucking ridiculous company, bro. But it is what it is. Matter of fact,
11: okay, we fire QT Marshall outright, and Vet gets that spot on TV. Vet gets to be the guy running. Uh, <laughs> the uh, that would the be funny news. There, that'd be, that'd be great.
2: Uh, he also says though that the the Jeff and Orange match was about as good as it gets for an AEW TV match. I just felt like it went too long.
11: Yeah, I mean, listen, I can't tell you what it was like on TV. I know that in the crowd that it kept everybody wanting to see what was going on. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, my my uh, my girlfriend's daughter, who, like, I took my two daughters, my girlfriend and her daughter to rest. I know I'm a very brave man to do <laughs> that. Um, but <laughs> her daughter actually said at the end of the night, she was like, she said JJ's my favorite. And I was like, You mean Jeff Jarrett? And she was like, Yeah, he was great. And I was like, Okay. Yeah, ain't he great? Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely yeah, for me, yeah, I thought Amy. it was a really good match. It was overbooked for sure. But again, you have to overbook it. There's four weapons involved. There's six guys around the ring. You're gonna overbook that a little bit
2: i know it is what it is man but uh yeah look it was overbooked i did laugh at Jarrett kick doing the orange cassidy kicks that made me laugh but um other than that uh, yeah look it is what it is man uh, it was it was all right match i just felt like it went too long i did want Jarrett to win there's too much shenanigans going on around the ring it was way overbooked and i'm so happy that you told me that he got a standing ovation during the commercial break because I feel like, you know what, he's earned it. And I've never been a Double J fan, man. Like, never. I just hate his guts. But I've learned to appreciate him right now because we don't have many left from that generation. And it shows how yeah. much, how ahead they are compared to today's fucking wrestlers, bro.
11: Yeah. I mean, when just, like... Because Jeff Jarrett was always... The mark that was always put on him was he's a good hand, right? He is a good hand. He's He's good at... Whatever role you give him, Jeff Jarrett will do a decent job at, right? Absolutely. He's not a main event superstar. He just is not. He was never going to be that. They tried in WCW for a long time. It never really got over that way. Even in TNA, I mean – they talk about him being the ultimate shovel, right?
3: <laughs> uh, he yeah.
11: married the guys for a number of years because he was in charge of the company, et cetera, et cetera. But he understood how to make wrestling look like it was a competition between two people trying to win something. He understands that now and most of the guys that we see on TV, I want to say, don't seem to understand that very simple idea behind professional wrestling. Make it look like You're trying to win an athletic competition. And, uh, yeah, Jeff Jarrett has been fantastic. I mean, we (laughs) joke and say, ain't he great? Ain't he, though? But, hey,
2: I'm being serious, bro. Ain't he great? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure the vet will love that one. Oh, well, vet also says it was the right length for a title match and everyone got involved it wasn't overly overbooked interesting that's what i
11: mean that's what i mean there's six people around the ring they all have to get involved there's four right. different weapons that everybody uses so they all of the weapons had to be involved it was a big t- it was a big tv title match yes it's overbooked because by necessity you have to overbook that shit when all of that's around the ring and all of that's involved and all of that's part of the story but i still felt like i said at least from the live crowd perspective they ate it up it was great
2: all right well let's move on chris because as we come back from commercial we get uh max cast fucking music video i I couldn't care less i don't know if the people in the in the arena cared chris but winnipeg loved like the, the
11: acclaimed yeah
2: <laughs> really <laughs> oh yeah really like you're being serious now
11: no i'm serious yeah <laughs> okay, the- winnipeg right. loved the acclaimed yeah
2: Interesting, they must love scissoring over there in Winnipeg. But anyway, uh next we get the outcasts making their entrance and on the mic. Ruby Soho wants to tell us a story though, Chris, and she goes on to say, Once upon a time there was a nursery right now. Nah. <laughs> she she says once upon a time the grass was greener here at AEW until a couple of dogs, bitches, came along and pissed all over the grass. Soraya <laughs> then says we show bitches that aren't housebroken. AEW is their house, and we should all be kissing the ground they walk on because without them there's no division tony storm then says she wrote the as inter- uh, she wore the interim title with a smile on her face but no one appreciated her and meanwhile our current champion cheated to beat her and we all loved it they're having too much fun going through each other going through each entitled rookie one after the- another from Willow Nightingale to Rio to Dr. Brit Baker, DMD to Jamie Hayter. And then we get Team DMD running in, quickly get overwhelmed by that damn numbers game, Chris. So there's no future for one of them. Storm Zero for the other, and then Rio, and then Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale running to make the save, and blah, blah, blah. And then we have Team DMD acting as heels again once Rio comes to the ring, which confuses me, right? And, um,. I mean why did rio even run to the fucking ring really i mean let's be honest i mean mostly
11: because kenny was going home and he wanted to introduce rio to his mom um maybe there was no that even the like the crowd basically was very confused at this too because like why is anyone scared of rio
2: and not just that well she did have a lead pipe right i mean shit i mean what more scary than that but but if my seven-year-old
11: comes at me with a lead pipe i'm still not scared of her i'm gonna be like give me a fucking pipe
2: it seemed like jamie hader was really over though and i will say this what the fuck have they done to dmd they've made her become like an afterthought now between these two where no one really cares right now about her man and and i feel bad for her dude and she's been vocal like in interviews and shit like that, maybe that's why she's getting this treatment.
11: I it's mean, she's not she's playing and fiddle. It's not always your time to be the to be in the spotlight, you know. I told you that story I understand about, that, about but Undertaker.
2: Not always about you, motherfucker. No, but does that mean you have to bring her all the way back like that, though? You built a friggin' star in the women's division, Chris. This is yeah. my issue. You've gone through all that trouble of building her up just to bring her right back down. So what was that all for? For nothing?
11: Well, I, I do think that they ought to. I really I mean, I think that the logical choice once Hayter became champion was to have Britt Baker start to throw in little things where you you can see that she's clearly a little jealous and then to work your way up to that as a as a program, but they, they haven't doing really been, that. Right? right. They they haven't been doing that lately, I think because they think that this outcasts thing is is getting off the ground but i don't know i know that i i do know that uh that saraya was fined legitimately for saying twat on live television so that's funny What?
2: come on she got fined for saying twat yeah Oh, come on bro. Which it means vagina that?
11: dude. Like it's not so a thing what? that you say in North It means
2: America. pussy really. Like like pussy. Like but yeah, yeah. it's vagina obviously but like it's not like calling someone a pussy but essentially. Uh but in more derogatory sort of term. I kind of like that word. I love calling people twat. But uh yeah, well look, Todd says seriously how that's tremendous. I agree. I mean, come on man. That's that's ridiculous anyway aw is the you know the snow the snowman company <laughs> oh. i was gonna say the snowflake company but hey either one doesn't matter oh well chris uh we move on to the main event dude um well actually before we go to the main event we do get daddy magic and his nipples being hard i mean i not much to say other than whatever and then we get a Ray Phoenix cutting a promo about how he fought and s- scrapped and wrestled for free to get to where he is today and he answers Real Hobbs open challenge for the TNT championship whatever I mean should I be caring about this match coming up this Friday I mean I know you've seen Rampage because you were there
11: um, well, um, fuck
2: it you might as well be a spoiler or
11: should uh, you I'm not going to spoil it all the way I, I, You don't If you've ever seen If you've ever seen a, a match with Ray Phoenix In AEW Then you don't need to go out of your way to watch this one
2: <laughs> Enough said Enough said uh, Todd Todd says by the way I hate Riho
11: <laughs> Find welcome, me all you want baby welcome, girl Welcome to the club Todd <laughs> Welcome to the says, PwC Right Where exactly. we've hated Riho For three years
2: And he also says, sorry, but I had to say it. Don't be sorry. You don't need to apologize here at the PWC. As Chris said, Todd, come on now. He can say whatever you want over here. But uh, let's move on, though, to the main event. And I was, I'm not going to lie, Chris. I was hyped for this match at first, right? Um, And it is for your trios championship in a three-way trios championship match, right? I mean, it's the best way to put it. It was House of Black in Brody King, Buddy Matthews and Malachi Black as your champions versus the Jericho Appreciation Society in Chris Jericho, uh, Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara versus the Elite in Kenny Omega and Matt and Nick Jackson for your AEW World Trios Championship. And, um... Man, I felt like Kenny got the bigger pop than Jericho here, man. I'm not going to lie. Did you feel that way?
11: Um no actually live in the wow. crowd it felt like jericho got a bigger reaction but they both like they were both very clearly the shining stars of the night of like course. they were absolutely they, they were the people who everyone really sort of came to see and winnipeg made them
3: winnipeg i felt
11: like made them made it very clear to them that hey like we love you guys we know that you're ours um one of the guys behind me was tremendous i i loved <laughs> i just sort of I just sort of loved the commentary that he was giving because when he saw the bucks come out with those t-shirts, he was like, uh, he was like, he was like, fuck you posers, take those yeah. fucking shirts off.
2: <laughs> and look what the vet said. I immediately dragged the progress bar to the finish on this one. I'm not going to lie, man. Like, like the vet said, I was hyped for this match at first and then halfway through, I was just glaring, like not even paying attention to the match it just, I started using my phone, it's like I lost the interest, man, I just didn't like this match, it just seemed, I, I don't know, something was off about it, I lost total interest, and then it was over eventually, I, is it just me, or how did it feel being in the arena?
11: In the arena, they basically kept it to pretty simple, like, pro, like, pretty simple in arena wrestling logic, which is the two guys who are the big deals. You build to spots where they're in the ring, Uh either against each other or while they're working together. Um, At one point there, they built to a spot where the two of them first, Kenny tried to give a superplex to Brody King, Brody King pushed him off. Then Jericho jumped up and tried to give him a superplex. He pushed him off. Then Jericho and Kenny got up and gave him a double superplex that got the crowd super hot. So there was a few times when, like I said, that's basically where they were building was moments when Kenny and Chris were sort of standing across from each other, etc. Um, but that was basically it. it was it was it was a very simple build during the match it was just where can we see Kenny and Chris? And that was basically how they built the matchup.
2: I mean, there was even a stage where they were both teaming together to take out you know, House of Black and whatnot. The yeah. Bucks felt like an afterthought in this match
11: completely. It's like they weren't even so there. So maybe my favorite Bucks match of all time because they were basically treated <laughs> like an afterthought in it.
2: Yeah. They really were, man. No one gave a shit about them at all. As And I hate the fact that they had to I get it. They're supporting their boy, right? He but wasn't they, wearing
11: a fucking Canadian flag. Yeah, thank Don't, you. Like, fuck thank off. You,
2: thank you. I mean, he did have a Canadian flag in his pocket when he first came out, like in his mm. front pocket. But he wasn't wearing fucking, uh, you know, like anything Canadian on his pants or anything like that. There was no, like, you know, maple leaf there or anything like that. But uh, the frigging young cuckolds, they have to be marktards, right? So, I mean, if there's a marktard of the week right now, or the night, marktard of the night, because not the week, because there'll be different marktards going over the shows that we do, it's to the bucks, man, for being posers, dude, and wannabes.
11: Yeah, I mean... Like I said, they, they they kept it simple. They built to the spots with Chris and Kenny, which was fine. Uh, the crowd reacted. I mean, I don't know if it, I don't know if it came across on live TV, but like in the crowd, like they were fucking loud for those moments when Chris and Kenny were. were oh hell there. yeah,
2: absolutely! No, no, that came across. On t- I love that man. I love seeing that. I felt like both of them were buzzing over that reaction, dude. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. And the fact that they've never faced each other in Winnipeg before. I mean, it's special, dude. I mean, it was a moment. But I felt like, wouldn't it have been better to go Kenny versus Jericho in Winnipeg? That way, it's guaranteed a Winnipegian's going to win the fucking match. I mean, instead of, I mean, it would have been better off for the fans. I think the fans would have been going back and forth. I just felt like it would have been a better match to book here. But that's just me.
11: Listen, my own personal my own personal thought is that if you're going to main event a show, especially if you're trying to pretend like it's a big deal of a show, it should be a singles match of some kind. And and listen, I like tag team wrestling. I love tag team wrestling, in fact, but like singles matches are they're just a more, I guess, more pure uh, form of professional wrestling for me. Maybe it's just the Western Canada thing. I don't know. Nobody crucify me for saying that. But, (laughs) uh, you know, a singles match between two people who the crowd both want to see win or one who they want to see win and one who they absolutely hate is just a better show for me. But um, I think that the crowd in Winnipeg was smart enough to understand, like, our guys probably aren't winning this match. No chance. Right. Everyone knew that going to make as we possibly can for them anyway i think that that i think that they went out i i I really honestly feel like the crowd did more than their part for this
2: no the crowd were great man for sure i'm surprised that you were saying it's only it was essentially only half full dude which is funny i mean aw no matter where they're going right now i mean it just feels like they just i don't know man it just feels like momentum is really on the way down heck before we go, though, Chris, I want to ask you an important question because I think this question needs to be asked. Is MJF and uh, what's her name? Jamie Hayter draws as champions for this company. Think about that for a moment.
11: Are MJF and Jamie Hader draws? Draw.
2: Well, that's and that's an issue because, I mean, think about it. Since MJF has been champion, have the yep. ratings gone up?
11: No, not really. I I don't. I don't really think that you. Here's the thing. I don't think that there are many people who are draws in professional wrestling. Um, And I'm not saying draws like Aaron Drozdowski or I'm not saying draws as in the unfortunate man who is who is now living in a wheelchair. Yeah, I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. They're not draws. Um, Are you? Are you doing shit
2: to my accent, motherfucker?
11: no i don't i don't know no no, 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 no. i'm I'm actually giving shit to my accent because my fucking nose is still making me sound like hey look we're not
2: talking about underwear either all right just quietly not those type of draws either no but
11: i don't think that there's a lot of people in pro wrestling who are draws i think that the way to draw money in professional wrestling traditionally is to have a hot angle so it actually comes down to the bookers whether or not you're ha- you're, you're actually drawing ratings for mm. the most part. There are very few people who are The Rock or Stone Cold or, or Hulk Hogan in this. Mm. They just draw purely by who they are. Most professional wrestling history, you draw by having two guys who have a hot angle. So it comes down to whether or not your booker's good, which is exactly why the fact that TK keeps getting rated Booker of the Year while his company continues to get lower and lower and lower ratings and worse and worse and worse storylines is baffling to me. This guy is not a good Booker. He's not a good storyteller. He doesn't understand how to draw because drawing generally (laughs) isn't just a matter of is your champion a draw? It's is your angle a draw? It's true.
2: I mean... It is what it is, but I thought I'd ask you that question because coming to think about it, man, since he's won the champion, even Jamie Hader, I just feel like he hasn't really moved the needle. I mean, he's trying.
11: But I feel like, like, like said- I feel like MJF is a star. I feel like if you put him in the ring with the proper... I feel like if you gave him the proper storyline, you could actually draw. And I actually think that right now would be the perfect time to have CM Punk around so that they could bring this back around to CM Punk versus MJF. And I think that they might draw some money and some interest but again it comes down to who's your booker what's he doing what's the story
2: who's your booker who's your daddy even at this point I mean shit daddy Khan will he pull the plug one day on on junior who who the fuck knows time will tell anyway because I feel like they're just going right down dude I mean I don't know man is it feeling like TNAish to you a little bit
11: starting to yep um, and I don't mean I, I don't mean impact wrestling no that's why like,
2: I said TNA's keywords I, right
11: it's definitely starting to seem a little bit like aces and eights TNA um, <laughs> yeah. like whoever's booking is just not doing a very good job Um, yeah again like what's so like we're coming out of the so this was the show after the pay-per-view right this was the first show after the the pay-per-view or was no, it no no, no 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 oh I it's think the second the third show one
2: movie. or second one something like that okay yeah, i think sure. it's
11: the second one i'm pretty sure it's the second show after the pay-per-view where's the world championship going what's the what i the have story? no clue
2: i don't have a clue bro i don't know where we're going i mean when is the next pay-per-view or big event i think battle of the belts is coming up not that the world title will be defended on there anyway if they were smart they would put something like you know give us an incentive to look forward to that damn show but they don't they never do it always sucks uh but yeah i mean well the vet says if mjf is on top for a long enough time he will draw he's fighting against the company's i, I-, I mean in ineptitude
11: i mean ineptitude and also hater will never draw he said yeah i mean yeah he's right, he's right on both counts hater is not a draw she's not no she's not interesting she's a good wrestler she's a good hand like she's fine well, what is
2: she dude she's
11: but the fans seem what's to her like character? her, man. right? Well, what's her character?
2: There's no character, really. I mean, she, just... and
11: she comes out. Listen, she came out. She came out with Brit. Okay, she's the world champion. And what were the crowd chanting?
2: Were they chanting for Brit? I don't know. I couldn't DMD, tell. Her. DMD okay,
11: well, DMD DMD. It's not like you. it's a Hater's first week as champ. She's had the belt for how long now? She should have her own fucking chance at this point, right? she doesn't absolutely. she's she's never going to be a person who draws mjf absolutely has the potential to be there i, I i've said this before he's the guy if you have to reset if you're tony khan and you have to resign just one guy he's the guy you have to resign he's the guy that's the pillar of the company there are not four pillars
3: <laughs>
11: there are not four pillars that's definitely the Jeff. Only jeff user, would say
2: that <laughs> hundred percent go continue listen, on he, no, listen
11: listen he's he's not wrong he is a minor league draw but you can only, but he's only been a minor leaguer like and and like that's absolutely right when he says that mjf is he is potentially a star in professional wrestling more so than just about anybody that i can point to who's who's especially around his age like that guy is the cream of the crop the cream of the crop like okay but he really is the cream of the crop in terms of young professional wrestling but he has to be booked properly and if he's not he isn't going to draw money no matter how long he's on top for
2: Yeah, no, that's true man well I think that covers everything and we went a good 1 hour and 30 minutes Chris and you know I don't want to hold you up for too much longer because we've got more shit to do later on but, um, okay, I will say, say.
11: Well, I'll say one oh. other thing. Actually, I'll let you. I'll let Stand you in on a little bit of uh, what happened after. Uh, af av- so after the show, obviously we have. Um, there's a little standoff there where the elite are all in the ring and Kenny ducks out oh, and everything. And right. We leave. Kenny comes back after the show is done and he basically gets on the mic and he preaches like he's a goddamn Southern Baptist preacher about how it's been so long for me coming back home here and being you know the star that you all deserve and making this company a reality and just I fucking hate Kenny Omega he's just he comes across as just being such a weird man like just (laughs) a very odd human being what are you trying to say Chris (laughs) I just he you know Maybe another word for odd or strange or <laughs> different or he's a little queer,
2: maybe. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Little poofy? Is that what you're saying, Chris?
1: I mean, I don't know.
11: <laughs> he just the way that he came across afterwards to the crowd was just like, bro, you know you're not Jesus, right? Like I, I literally like, there's a little there's a part of me that wonders like, does this guy have some kind of bipolar disorder where like. He's got, like, you know, he thinks he's more more of a big deal than he is.
2: Oh, look, man, it's subjective. Like I said, you know how much of a Kenny Marco I am. And yeah, look, AEW Kenny, it's just not the same as New Japan Kenny. I'm sorry. It's just, it isn't, right?
11: It's two different Kenny's. And, you know, yeah it's it shows. Kenny, and then Kenny with Kazuchika Okada, and then Kenny.
2: No, but even he stole and he's, he's, nah, Kazuchika Okada. The way he wrestles, yeah. the way his facials are and all that, yeah, sure, his promos are always the same in many ways too, right? But maybe he was emotional, dude. I mean, he was back home. It's the first time in a long time. And let's be honest, Kenny, even though he's Canadian, and we all know he's Canadian, he almost feels like, it feels like the Canadians just never have embraced him properly. Do you know what I mean? Even though he's Canadian, right? I had it's, it's to kinda weird.
11: take a man's heart tonight in the ring shut the fuck up kenny like jesus christ like were they just, cheering for him though while he was doing it uh, honestly like be honest again, jericho got bigger cha- got it got a bigger chant. like jeff Jarrett got a bigger reaction after the match
2: oh come on wow like, can i can only tell you what happened to you? so jeff Jarrett, winnipeg's favorite son huh
11: Is that how we going? Uh, no, I no. Like Chris Jericho was definitely Winnipeg's favorite son. But and honestly, then you probably say, so, the second loudest was Jeff Jarrett.
2: So before we go, I just want to get this from you: the three biggest pops of the night. So Jericho, Jarrett, and then Kenny. Yeah. Kenny. On wow. His Come on. That's a bit harsh, dude. I'm not gonna lie. Well, anyway, insane that Chris. Tell them where they can find you, man.
11: You can find me on Twitter. I'm at ChrisAms1. Uh, hopefully this week this week here as we continue to do the shows, my voice comes back a little bit better. And it doesn't sound like my nose is completely detached from my face anymore. That'll be nice. Um, yeah, other than that, you can find me in all of your hearts, especially today on St. Patrick's Day. Um, may the road rise to meet you. May the sun be always at your praying. And the rains falls upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hands.
2: Oh, nice. I think I'm gonna do something else. Well, if you want to follow me, you can at DJ Mass Effects, and also you can follow us on Twitter at the PWC Network. Also, like and subscribe right here at the PWC where you can find all our shows, also channelattitude.com, where you can find not just myself, but also Chris. And the vet and Big Ray Hernandez and Bin Hamid, you name it, we're all there at channelattitude.com talking all things AW or WWE, wherever we're all there. And also at hummingmediagroup.popping.com with all our affiliate shows being on there. Um, i been saying that, I'm going to bid you adieu. Not a Jew, a Jew, right with a D. Goodbye, good night, bang. Mwah. See yous. <laughs>
1: This guy, coming in from behind those shots, those elbow strikes to the quad, now actually to the hamstring. chopping down the the big Redwood, get those legs out of play. We've talked about going downstairs on that guy. It's the first time we've been able to do it. Yes. Brody just shoves off Kenny Omega. And Jericho though, landed some right hands. If he lands this, there's gonna be a big crash. If he lands this, Brody That's, King yeah. is just able to... Yeah, he he is just a force of nature oh. up there, Omega on target. Yeah, he was, I'll tell you what. Kenny knew it. He knew that Brody was a sitting duck up there. That's one big duck. Wait, here ah, we go. That works. Cohesiveness. here we go. Omega and Jericho. Never, never, thought, thought. never thought we'd see it working together to take down Brody King. Winnipeg's favorite sons do it. There's that thug you talked about, Shivani? Yeah. And the Fingers eating this up here. That was loud. I might have heard that uh, off in Regina. On their down. feet. that down or off, Regina? Been on their feet the whole match, guys. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, no. Oh. Jericho, he's going to do it right here. Going to get him. Two. No. Oh. Omega, that, might, that was and less of a kick out, more just a convulsion. What, what is the, going on? It, what the hell back? This? John Moxley, John Silver, Hangman Paint, the Blackpool Combat Club, the dark order, and Hangman. Yeah, the fight continues from earlier tonight. We saw that earlier, right? But man, it's just mayhem here. And now Omega and Jericho once again teeing off. And offer. we understand that evil Uno was taken to the hospital earlier. Stu Grayson is with him. So it's it's just Silver Reynolds and Hangman versus the Blackpool Combat Club. And it's mainly in the back, but inside the arena. Great job again of knowing Your Opponent by Kenny's gonna take Matt Jackson in right now, here we go! What a main event, what a night! Oh. What a debut in Winnipeg Absolutely. as Garcia! Oh! On the receiving end of these locomotion Northern Lights suplexes from Matt Jackson! Guevara comes in, he got caught! Double Northern Lights from Matt Jackson! Matt Jackson is amazing! Great job by Matt! All these athletes are amazing! can the elite become three-time aew world trios champions they are on the verge tony yeah look at this communication between brothers here and watch out jericho on the right of your screen Yeah.
3: Codebreaker. Oh. Uh,
1: jericho saw a great move by the veteran oh garcia big uranaki right there sets up matt jackson for sammy Guevara. great teamwork on the jal King breaks it up. Uh, We could see that one coming, guys. Once the big man rumbled in the ring, that was over. See how quick Brody just drank back to the corner? Yes, he is so strong. Dragged by his head. Don, you get that momentum, buddy? It's hard to, it's hard to stop him. No one has an answer for Brody King in this match. That's been the common thread. Garcia. Just going to do it. Squash in the corner. Does Sammy Guffara a shot? from Malakai and a shot from Buddy Matthews as well. The champions looking dangerous right now, looking like they may retain. And Guevara just black right in the middle. Oof. Oh wait. Oh. Guevara. Look at this. It's thrown into the corner, the House of Black. They saying We laid out your two guys. Let's go, Jericho. Yeah, they are singling out Chris Jericho here. Might not be spot of Chris, though. Yeah, maybe. Well, Chris is not going to back down from a fight. We know that. Never has. Never has, but the House of Black. They want to take Jericho out here in his hometown. And a Dante's Inferno. Jericho got spiked. The House of Black. They got retain, retain no! Oh, Omega. Great save by Kenny. Every team for itself. Look at, Kenny is telling Jericho, get up! Get up, but Jericho was on the receiving end of that three-on-one assault from the House of Black. It's just every team for themselves here. Right, he's got Floyd at the back. Got right there after getting a bat to the face. And Jericho cannot believe it as well. You gotta be asking yourself, what is it gonna take? Jericho lining up the Judas effect, but Malachi Black, the back, heel, kick. Jericho collapses, but out of the ring. Yeah, that Buddy just got the tag in. Buddy Matthews, oh, Oh. popped up, Garcia, the roundhouse kick, and now, Dante's in. He's got him. One, two, three.
5: Here are your winners. And
4: still, AEW World Trios champions, House of
1: Black. comes Hager now, Jake Hager. What a battle that was between these, these three teams. But the House of Black coming into Winnipeg, dividing and conquering here tonight at our main event. Yeah, not, not the popular victors in Winnipeg here, but it don't matter. They're here to retake. take... Whoa, 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 check Hager. Hager going right at it. Looks like he wants Brody. Hager, of course, part of the Jericho Appreciation Society, but he is just outnumbered and being swarmed by the House of Black. And look at Garcia. And, and look at... Whoa, what the hell's going on here? Look at this. Wheeler, you to hangman, Page. Well, it's a fight from the back that we saw. This spilling really here. Yeah. yeah. But Moxley, Moxley and Claudio, they just took that Silver and Reynolds at the top of the ramp.
8: And look at Buddy going at him with Chris
1: Jericho. This is craziness out here right now. And Hangman Page surveying this scene. Hangman Page watching the Blackpool Combat Club. Oh, their well, they're him. They're going to beat up on Hangman to get. <laughs> the elite! The elite! But Hangman stuck in the middle! Look at the eyes of Omega! Oh, they back to Williams, gentlemen! her national championship and that knee the left knee of Orange Cassidy is in really bad shape you got a guy a veteran multi-time world champion like Jarrett who knows how to pick apart a body when he knows you have an injury oh god look at this 70 foot four one in oh, a billion. God, just hoisting Orange Cassidy into the ring his handle like he's a little big they just boom in the ring it just shows you how massive look at Jared continuing the attack on the knee as we saw in picture-in-picture in Picture. Oh. started this plan last week on the knee it was a very very well calculated plan very well well executed and if it's this figure four forget about it well, here go. He gets it yeah. right. and turns the corner and here comes the result when you do spinning to hold no stepping through. He's got a sharpshooter in Canada. Ah, he's a genius. I oh, love it. All the pressure on that knee. Look at this, that right knee. Oh. Being cranked on by Jarrett. I don't know if he can take it. Oh, I don't think so either, but a sharpshooter oh, in Canada. Wait, look at Jarrett's face oh, though. Oh, no. oh, oh. Orange Cassidy. Great core strength by Cassidy that time. Able to force his way out of it. And... Look at this. Now it's Cassie, a sharpshooter of his own. But, but how much pressure can he get on with that damaged knee? Look that's here. the problem. You can't put oh, the look, weight on you it. You see Sanjay Dunn's second they there, pushing that bottom rope towards Jarrett's hands. They're definitely a little bit of assist for sure. Get I mean, Bryce is, war- Bryce is warning those guys to be careful of that, and that's important. He's doing his job, the referee, but a lot of moving parts out there. Nice reversal by Orange Cassidy, can he get something going? Swing and a miss oh, by Cassidy, yeah. Jarrett looking for a sleeper hold. Well, Jarrett has so many great offensive moves, doesn't he? He can do a lot of different things. Dude, he's two, three steps ahead of most of his opponents because of the plethora of experience that he has. He's wrestled more and a lot of all guys in our roster are alive. And look at, look at. He's gonna choke him out. Orange Cassidy fading. Jarrett's gonna get it here. All right, look at this bridge up. And Eyes are open, hands are in the pocket. Oh. Nice jawbreaker counter. Very simple, but very effective for Orange Cassidy. It'll definitely break the hold. And now his own show. Orange Cassidy, maybe get those legs in at least one of them. And Sanjay Jones up with the referee. Suddenly whiplash to Orange Cassidy's neck on the top rope. Just he's great gonna He's going to get a knee breaker oh, here, guys. Oh, that's no. a knee breaker. Oh, man. that's it. And Jarrett now setting up for the figure four. I saw he set that up, and there's your figure four. We're going to get a new international champion. On the first night of the international championship, Jeff Jarrett looking to make history in Winnipeg. Yeah. Cassidy doesn't know which rope to reach. Once one is Julie's right. He's flat in the middle, just about. I don't know large Cassidy's going to get for. Shabani just needs a ropey. On oh, the baby. count, and oh, Cassidy barely got that shoulder up. He needs a roll to his right if he can Boom! Oh, Close as one. Yeah, he's got to be physically worn down and exhausted, Orange Cassidy. Got to be careful. will get right. No! Oh, he just got pinned there. And I mean, Tess, think about the pace that Orange Cassidy has kept as champion. I mean, he is—he is not rested. He's got to be banged up even beyond what happened last week. I completely agree with that. Orange Cassidy has definitely been a fighting champion. Non-stop, just going. Yeah, he just pounded his way out of a figure four, and not many have done that. Yeah. And one word can change everything. Shazam! Fury of the Gods, only in theaters this Friday, March 17th, rated PG-13. Get tickets right now. Jesus, these punches are loaded with Shazam. Look at these guys going punch a punch. I love it. Getting momentum, bouncing off the ropes. Cassidy, boy, he boy he's down. on spaghetti legs. Jarrett, going for the kick. Cassidy, turned him around. Orange punch attempted. There was not a lot of launch oh! on him. The they collided foreheads that was a hard hit man that was inadvertent though and Rice. oh the, no and Sanjay uh-oh. Duck sliding the guitar genius by duck Jeremy. we have another referee on oh, a second oh. and she's a power walk into the ring she looks like she's all business Aubrey she always is hold oh, on a second here Jeff Jarrett complaining, but... Oh, that's whoa, about whoa. Left to roll up by Cassidy. Two, got No! Oh! Sweep smart. A sweep of the knee again. That bad knee. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do that. Do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> who's wielding the weapon now?
10: Well, all we need to, oh,
1: oh, oh. Uh, who's wielding the weapon now? Looks like a ukulele in his hand. Look at... <laughs> Uh, look at this Sutton got caught red-handed and look at look at Orange Cassidy get rid of him oh wow that's huge and Sanjay Dutt Suttonham Singh both men ejected from ringside by referee Aubrey Edwards best move of the night getting rid of the wider ball and and the big guy Garrett's got to realize that Orange Cassidy's got to his feet a bit here Jarrett taking his eye off the champion, Orange Cassidy. Coming in, DDT on Jeff Jarrett. Cassidy, look at that, one foot. He sprung up to his one foot. Impressive, <laughs> You don't see many people do that. Oh, the fans know what that means. Off goes the elbow pad. Can he pull this off, meaning the punch? Oh, look at this. Jarrett, Jarrett pleading. So, smart. so s- Wait a minute, Jay Lethal, not Jay Lethal. Oh, the Jay Lethal with the Golden Globe, he not, no he sling, made, no sling on Lethal's arm! He was faking it this whole time! We're gonna get a new international champion, boys, right here! One, two, got him! go. No! Oh! Where did that come from? That's heart! That's determination! Definitely heart, and Lethal's furious right now! That backfired! Now watch! Trey Barretta! He's seen enough! took out lethal on the floor oh, oh. Trent Moretta, one of best friends so tight with Orange Cassidy
3: And Orange. Oh man,
1: oh, it could he pivot. It could pop off the knee Yeah, he was gonna go for it again Jeff yeah, th- think Jarrett Cassidy thinking the stroke.
3: stroke
1: No, Cassidy sends Jarrett into the rope swinging a miss by Jarrett Orange punch
5: connects Can he get him? One, two
7: Brentsley squeezed
6: Orange
1: Cassidy. Wow. What a match. Overcoming all odds. And we still have a championship match to go here tonight. What a night in Winnipeg. Yeah, very gutsy defense of the AEW International Championship by Orange Cassidy. But as you mentioned, Tony, still to come. Our main event for the AEW World Trios Championship. House of Black. Jericho Appreciation Society. And the Elite.
9: 54 and oh you issued an open challenge to all of canada you just ran through nicole matthews what kind of competition are you looking for at this point aren't you from canada
1: easy jade easy renee paquette broadcaster not a competitor
3: yeah is that it
1: shock. I love this.
4: Yeah, Taya Valkyrie,
0: I mean,
1: perhaps no longer a free agent, perhaps the next, the second TBS champion. Well that could be, she's got a hell of a resume. She certainly does and absolutely no intimidation, all confidence on Taya Valkyrie as she walks face to face. Locking eyes with the undefeated TBS champion. This thing's gonna implode. You can feel it. Lot of tension in the ring. And ooh, Layla Gray trying to intervene. And Jade just barking at Ty Valkyrie. the shot and oh wait, the chin, chin, chase moves she's gonna <laughs> hit. Vladimir oh, oh, Plats, Layla Gray, Quit and oh, finish the move, dude. And in one fell swoop, sending a message to the TBS champion. I'm telling you, as a wrestler, there's no more disrespect than that. When you tell the champ, "Watch me down this girl with your stuff." An explosive debut for Taya Valkyrie here tonight, calling out the TBS champion Jay Cargill.
8: Guys, this is QTV, where we've promised to keep our journalistic integrity and only give the pure facts, no biased opinions to try to ruin people's careers. Right? <laughs> what do we got today?
7: Well, guys, we all know that Wardlow's had a really, really tough week, you know? Someone broke into his car, stole all of his belongings, and nobody knows
8: who did it.
9: (laughs) This idiot left it in the car. Everything. <laughs> great journalism, guys. Great. But realistically, he shouldn't be so surprised. I mean, last year MJF stole his momentum too. No! <laughs> oh, and with that haircut, you make a great Spike TV channel <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Ruthless aggression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. But, but, but seriously, guys,
3: seriously.
7: What is next
9: for Wardler? I know, I know. Whatever is next for Batista, just not as good. (laughs) Nothing's next for Wardlow, because the idiot left his passport in the car.
3: (laughs) We won't be needing this.
9: What do you say, Hobbs? Wardlow,
7: welcome to Will's world, bitch.
5: Business that Tony Khan decided it was time to pull the trigger on another new wrestling company. Three and a half, four years later, here we are. My Favorite hockey team, too? We're from Winnipeg, the Jets are the only hockey team! Well, I mean, that and the trans go to Regents. That got a bigger reaction than I thought. I <laughs> you
3: know
5: it's, uh, what Chris said is uh, mostly true, I'm going to try to stay humble here. Um, guys from Winnipeg and a mastermind from Winnipeg. (laughs) Big bad Uncle Don Callis. Had a bit of a powwow and and what do you know? A couple of years later, here we are in front of a live, a taped, sold out crowd. I'm the so you guys the beauty of professional wrestling. So whether you're here alone, whether you brought a friend, whether you brought family, I really, truly do hope you guys had a great time tonight. And, uh, well, we are taking our licks. Hold on, hold on. He's been complaining for a year. Let him do a promo.
1: here tonight because throughout my life, no matter where I worked, I always came home to Winnipeg.
5: So I'll let Kenny finish up, I'm going to finish up by saying thank you in a- Appropriate if we play chump by Van Halen. However, we've got one better song that's even more fun to sing along. So I'll say the line. And if the DJs know that familiar tune that you guys love to sing, and you know what? I'm gonna admit it, I love to sing it too. Please let's end on Judas after I bid you a, yeah. a Canada. Goodbye, Mwah! and good night. Back.
3: Soon
0: as aqui get Stuck inside this max man, trying to pay my debt for all my sins. See, these penitentiary times be so heavy on my mind. At times, it's like I'm living just to die. I'm living in hell, stuck in my jail cell, stranded in the county jail, waiting for my Tesla bail I wanna be paid in large stacks and mass and fast tags. I blast and wonder how long will I last. I'm living when I'm intoxicated. But the state, so I'm dumping on okay, Calvary's crazy when never faded I know I said it all before but now I mean it Business of me and you born so crystal clear I seen it Even though you mad at me, you'll be glad to see the strategy You're making these chips come so easily I max out in the morning, baby, life is good Me and you against the whole hood Soon as I come home Grab my strap, locate my comrades Let's get my enemies knocked it's when I get back. home Go get the money out the safe It's time to turn the streets into a war zone Soon, Soon sitting as I come here home looking at but now you out in the world While I'm twisting and prison, Love letters come daily Words of affection You send me money and news flicks up for us a second, stay wide open Keep your eyes peeled And my advice keep it real Or you can die squealing Plus I never have to worry About a visit Cause you're dead daily God's trying to get your number You don't dare tell me Tongue getting steady humping Trying to touch on something Before the CEO in the corner Jumping, frunking Late night reminiscing Everybody's quiet I think something's in the air Prepare for the ride It's padlocks in my socks Love, love, and then let the head break Started a war, but now I'm gone Relief to the streets in the morning It's on soon as I get home so Grab my gats, locate my comrades Let's get my enemies knocked on Soon I as I get home Let's my money out the safe It's time to turn the streets into a war zone Soon as I get home
10: like a game of sealer, thinking big like the king. You see, I'm feeling my dreams, my needle. Round the whole town, we shook up, and me and Mama surviving depends on how many rocks. Young nigga took up narcotics, got traffic. Seen them niggas, you blasted. Wanting me in the cash on the grind, the plastic. Shit, nigga, I heard Lil Moon gave the word. You get paroled on the third. It's so all love 'cause these me be out here frontin'. Still here, with all about nothing. Five double loves what I'm wantin', and I'm trying to see somethin' that we ain't. We locked this shit down. It ain't a thing they can do. Meanwhile, I stay waiting by the phone, hoping I get the call telling the nigga that you home.